If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I have a fairly strange story about something that happened to me when I was a kid, and it was the first time something like this had ever happened to me. I was around 10 years old, and we had just moved into a new house in a city a state or two away because my mom had taken a promotion at her job, and they wanted to transfer her to the branch that was out here. Obviously, I was a bit devastated as I had to leave the school that I had been attending for most of my childhood, as well as leave behind my two friends that I'd known since I was a baby. My parents were adamant that I would just make new friends, so I had to suck it up and accept that we were moving. A few weeks after we had moved in, we were walking around the block to introduce ourselves to the neighbors and a few houses down was a man that worked for the same company as my mom, so basically one of her new co-workers. He had a son named Chris, which was my name as well, but I was Chris with the K. Not relevant, but as a kid it was the most important thing to me. For some reason, I never really considered Chris to be a good friend, but he was definitely an acquaintance of mine. I ended up being better friends with some of the other kids on the block that I actually met through Chris. After a few months, Chris and I weren't doing much together, but we still talked whenever we saw each other, so we both knew that the other was still alive. There was one day during the summer that a group of us decided we wanted to go swimming down at what was essentially a small pond with a dock. It was on land that was owned by one of the other guys, Johnny, so we were allowed to mess around in it as much as we wanted to. Altogether, it was about seven of us that headed down to the pond to swim. We were all just swimming and having a good time, mostly just running and doing cannonballs off the dock and into the water. When it was my turn to jump into the water, I got up on the dock and prepared to run. But, then, near the edge, I ended up slipping and fell backwards, hitting my head on the post. When this happened, I remembered slipping, and basically falling in slow motion. Then, my head hit the wood, and I remember there just being this sharp pain. The next thing I can recall is falling into the water, and not being able to move. Like, at all. I was staring up at the surface of the water, unable to close my eyes, just thinking about how I was dead. Like I said, I was only 10 or 11 at the time, so I really should have had no frame of reference for what death felt like, but I knew right then and there that I was either dying or had died, and my brain just hadn't powered off yet. I could feel that my lungs were empty, and I remember the taste of water as it filled my mouth. Then, I remember seeing Chris swimming down towards me with his hands out, 
like he was my savior. And then it all went black. When I woke up, I was lying on the ground outside the pond with Johnny's parents leaning over me and the boys all panicking in the background. When I came to, I literally gasped for air, and I remember coughing really hard and spitting out a bunch of water, and I could hear Johnny's dad asking me if I could hear him. I nodded that I could, and just kind of laid there staring up at the sky and watching the clouds. The other boys had gone from panicking to celebrating, I'm guessing because I didn't die. (laughs) I remember sitting up and asking what happened. Johnny said that I had slipped and hit my head, and then fell into the water. It slowly came back, and I remember finishing off what he said with, Oh yeah, and then Chris jumped in to save me. I then looked around to thank him, and I realized he wasn't there. I asked where he went, and they all kind of just looked at me. Johnny laughed and said, Dude, you're Chris. To which I said, yeah, no, Chris with a CH, the other Chris that was here. Nobody had any idea who I was talking about. They all just kind of stared at me and looked around confused. Johnny's dad said that my parents were on their way, and that I should probably get looked at to make sure I didn't cause damage to my head. I nodded along and got up slowly to sit on the front porch waiting for them. On the way to the hospital, I actually asked my mom if she remembered Chris. I don't know why I felt compelled to ask, but he was the son of her coworker, so she would surely know who he was. To my surprise, she said that she didn't know anyone named Chris other than me. I told her, no, the Chris with the CH, the one that's your coworker's son. We met him right after we moved into the house when we were introducing ourselves to the neighbors. My mom then told me that none of her coworkers lived on our block, and that, to the best of her knowledge, none of them had a son named Chris. So, to this day, I am the only person that remembers my friend Chris, the one that I met when I was ten, the one that was my mom's coworker's son. Nobody else in my family and none of the other childhood friends knew who Chris with a CH was, despite him being the person that saved my life, and someone that I know that I hung out with on several occasions. I know that he existed. I know that he and I were decent enough friends, and I know that he jumped into the water to save me when I was drowning, but yet he seemingly never did. I have nothing to prove that he did exist, unfortunately, other than the memories in my head. I will say that losing a friend to the Matrix, so to speak, specifically one that saved me that day, is the most painful childhood memory that I have. And while he doesn't seem to exist in this timeline, I will never forget that day, and the fact that he saved me. So, I have one of those stories that is basically, I should be dead, but something in the Matrix decided that I shouldn't, so 
now-I-have-no-explanation-for-these-events kind of situations. And I'm going to go ahead and say now that the story does include language and information about me wanting to end my own life. So, consider that your warning. I don't know if I should call this some sort of quantum immortality, or if it was some kind of reality or timeline shift, but it was something. And, to be honest, it kind of haunts me. So this all happened back in 2015, back when I was pretty much at the deepest point of my depression. I won't bore you with all the details, I'll just give the cliff notes as to why I was falling apart. In 2015, I was 17 years old, and two events completely destroyed my life. My mother ended up dying from a very aggressive and seemingly sudden onset cancer, and I was, to put it nicely, sexually assaulted by my cousin at the Celebration of Life get-together. A situation that no one in my family wanted to believe, nor address, and still hasn't. Obviously, these two things happened pretty much back-to-back. My mom died, and my cousin assaulted me within about a week or so of it happening. With these two things weighing me down very heavily, I was not exactly what one would call a happy person. I was not coping with these two things well at all, and I was hit by a sudden wave of decision that I was just going to end my life. I decided that I was going to take whatever medications I could find or get my hands on in the medicine cabinet, and would also swipe a bottle or two from my dad's room, and would just drive my car off of a ravine or something. It wasn't a very well thought out plan, but it was what I decided to do. As a quick aside, I am not condoning these actions, nor am I saying anyone should ever do anything that I decided to do, ever. I'm just stating as a fact what I did end up doing. So, I got what I needed, I got it all stuffed into my backpack, and I told my dad that I was going to go for a drive to clear my head. I drove my car to a nearby park, and did what I needed to do, threw everything into the back seats, and took off back onto the road, just waiting for whatever was going to happen to actually happen. I remember feeling a horrible pain in my stomach. I remember feeling like I wanted to throw up, and I remember feeling like I was getting incredibly dizzy. I have to assume that all of these were just effects caused by taking meds and mixing them with alcohol. Or maybe just the alcohol itself, but it was definitely hitting me. I remember looking around for a ravine or a cliff or something like that, and seeing a spot that I could vaguely remember as being steep. The last thing I remember in this line of events is me slamming on the gas pedal, feeling the car accelerate, closing my eyes, and then feeling the car leave the ground. I very distinctively remember feeling the car leaving the ground. I knew what was coming, and I was just waiting for it all to happen. But it didn't. The car never hit the ground. It never flipped, crashed, or 
anything of that sort. I opened my eyes again and was nothing shy of confused. I was pulled over and parked on the side of the road. The car was still running, but I was at a complete stop with all four tires on the ground. When I looked over at the passenger seat, everything was just sitting there, all still sealed and full, like I never followed through on any of my plan. I no longer felt sick or dizzy, just really confused and angry. I stared out at the road, at the woods to the side, and then I stared at the cars as they passed, thinking, how the hell did I not die? And how the hell did I end up here? I ended up shoving everything back into my backpack and just heading home. I obviously never told my dad about this, or anyone really. It's both really sensitive and it kind of makes me sound like I'm insane. But I wanted to at least put it out into the world that I somehow reset to a point where I did not end my own life. I know what I felt. I know what I did. And I remember pretty much the entire thing as it played out. That feeling of being on stable ground, after feeling the car go into the air, is the one thing that will never leave my mind mostly because the feeling of a car getting air is quite distinct. It kind of churns your stomach. Again, I don't know if this was quantum immortality or timelines or whatever, but it was weird to me, and has stuck with me. And for anyone that cares, I'm about as good as I'm going to be for now. I went through therapy, and I no longer talk to anyone in my family. But... I'm trying to make the most of what I have. I saw a glitch in PC. Let me begin with saying that I don't believe in ghosts, as in once a living person's spirit remaining behind. But even said... This doesn't apply because the person I saw in this glitch is still alive. My job currently has two main sites around 10 miles from each other. One has hazmat material, and the other I work at doesn't. I live smack in between the two, as so is my small town. In fact, employees from the main office on nice days walk into town for lunch at one of the small restaurants. Fifteen years ago, I had a supervisor, we'll call him Wayne, and he is a very unique person that you cannot mistake for anyone else, the way he walks, talks, and so on. When he was my supervisor, we had a third site that closed during the recession years back. The employees were shuffled into the remaining two sites, I was lucky that I wasn't sent to the hazmat materials department, and Wayne wasn't. He had decades of experience at the main office anyway, so he went there. Fast forward to seven or eight years ago, he was also transferred into an office position at my site. He was in his mid-sixties at this point. So, my company was kind enough to give him a lighter load. It was great seeing and working with him again but time had definitely taken its toll. He looked his age, and perhaps a little bit older. 
I'm not going to lie. Our job is very physically tough. Well, he retired after a few years here, and I never saw him again. Until last year. I went into town to the post office on my break, and then as I get back in my car, I see him walking past my car. I yell, Wayne, hey, and I got no response. It's definitely him. I saw him closely, like three feet away. His non-response wasn't weird because he was a little hard of hearing. So I got out of my car to go walk up and say hi. I saw him walking towards the post office, and I call out, Wayne, as he turned the corner. At this point, I was like two or three feet away as he turned the corner. I stepped around the corner less than two seconds after him, and he was gone. There wasn't a car for him to get into, and if he went into the post office, the door wouldn't even have had time to close, even if he ran to it after turning the corner. There was nowhere for him to go, even if he ran like an Olympic champion. This was seconds. It was like the second he left my sight, he just vanished. And yes, I checked the post office. I even walked the only way he could have gone. Nothing. I went back to work, and I asked everyone about him. I thought maybe he came off retirement and was working in the main office again and was on break. Didn't explain how he disappeared, but no, no one has seen or heard from him again since he retired. Every explanation that I could think of did not account for him disappearing like that. Then, it hit me. I was asked about him at my job. He didn't look how he did when I saw him last. He looked like he did when I worked with him back when we had the third location. At least 10 to 15 years younger. As I said, I don't believe in ghosts, but I thought what if I found out that he died? I would have to adjust my beliefs. I dug and found out that he is very much alive, and just, well, living in another state. So what did I see? It was him. His very distinctive swagger. His glasses. I saw him close up. I wasn't thinking about him at all when I saw him. Could it have been a doppelganger? A temporal echo? Or has he become just a background NPC and I wasn't supposed to notice? or one that wasn't meant to be spawned in. I don't know. But it makes me wonder if we are in a simulation, and some people are NPCs. But then, who else is? Who is real? What is real? I don't think I want to know. I have a weird thing that happened with myself and my mother that I don't know if it's a glitch in the matrix or some kind of parallel universe situation, but it was weird as hell. And honestly, it freaked me out. So, to give you just a bit of perspective and show you how things are normally, I live about an hour or so away from my parents and we're all really close. I have always been super close with my mom, and I genuinely love my dad. So, 
when I moved out, things were very difficult for all of us. Because of that, we made a promise that we would meet up every other weekend on Sunday for dinner. That way, we got to see each other on a regular basis, but it wasn't too intrusive, and no one had to drive too much to make it work. Of course, it was always me driving to their place, so it was more to help me not have to spend too much on gas. Now, there have been very few instances where I was unable to make it, or had an issue that would prevent me from driving over to their place, and if that happened, we would either put it off a week, or they would come over to my place. Usually, we would just push it off to the next week, but they had been over once or twice. On these days, I would always leave at one in the afternoon to be there around two, and I would stay until around ten, basically spending all afternoon and evening with them. If I was running late, I would always call them to let them know, or if we had to cancel, I would call them. Alright, so that all out there, there was what I guess you would call an event that happened during one of our weekends last year that was really, really weird. It was in October, because it was starting to get cooler, but it wasn't yet snowing. On this particular weekend, that Sunday to be exact, I was leaving the grocery store and had somehow managed to get a large roofing nail in my tire. Not sure how, but that's not really important. I just got home and saw that there was a decent-sized nail in the side of the tire. I did the whole check thing with soapy water, and sure enough, it was bubbling. So, not only was there a nail, it was leaking air. Because of where the nail was, I wasn't willing to drive and have it potentially cause a blowout. So... I called my mom's cell phone to let her know that I wasn't going to make it. Strangely enough, she didn't answer. I figured that she was probably busy, so I called my dad, and he also did not answer. At this point, I was a little bit confused. But again, they're adults. They aren't always glued to their phones, so I assumed that they were just really busy with something else. I called my mom's phone one more time, and I decided to leave a voicemail. I remember what I said in this voicemail verbatim. And yes, that is actually important to this event. I said, Hey mom, I wanted to call and let you guys know that we're going to have to cancel this weekend. I have a nail in my tire. I'm going to take it in this week, so we can just meet up next Sunday instead. I said those exact words, and I know that was what I said, because it's what happened. After that, I went about my business, made myself dinner, did some work, and then went to bed. Cue the next morning, where all hell had seemingly broken loose. I woke up to multiple texts and missed calls from my mother, but all of them were from that morning, around 5 or 6 in the morning. I immediately called my mom to check in, thinking that something had happened, and she asked me if I was okay. I told her I was fine, and I asked her what was going on. 
She then asked me why I never showed up last night and why I hadn't been answering my phone. I told her that I never got a call from her last night, and then I mentioned the voicemail that I left for her asking if she got it. That's when it got weird. She said, The voicemail you left saying you were running late? I was a bit confused, but then said, No, the voicemail where I said I wasn't going to make it at all, because there was a nail in my tire. We went back and forth on this for a while, but really weren't getting anywhere. So, I asked her if she and Dad wanted to drive up for lunch or something, since I was going to take that day off, to which she agreed. They drove up, we went to get food, and then I decided to ask about what was going on that previous night, and I was blown away by what she said. My mom said that at around 11 that morning, she had gotten a voicemail from me that said I was running late, and that I said I would be there around 4 instead of 2. She said that she tried to call me back, but my phone was going straight to voicemail, so she left me a message and then also sent me a text saying that it was okay. 4 o'clock rolled around, and they were concerned, so they tried calling me again, and once more my phone was going straight to voicemail. They had both tried calling and texting me multiple times, but I apparently was not responding to them. She said that they then called my brother, who lives around 15 minutes or so north of me, and asked him to come by and check on me. He claims that he got here and the lights were off, and that no one answered the door. They said that they had been trying to get a hold of me all night, and had even been calling hospitals and police stations to see if I had been arrested or gotten into an accident. She even showed me her voicemail, and had me listen to it. But it was the weirdest thing, because while I could hear my voice saying I'm running late, it sounded choppy, like it was fading in and out. They showed me all of the outgoing calls and the texts that they sent, and even the timestamp of when they called my brother. Based on this, he showed up at my house around 7 that night, when I was just sitting on my couch and watching Netflix, and eating some leftover spaghetti that I had made. I was seriously confused and conflicted. I told them that I had called, and then said that I had said I wasn't going to be there because of the nail in my tire, and I told them that I was home the entire night. Basically, my night was the polar opposite of what they said happened. I was home. No one ever showed up at my door. It wasn't like my brother went to the wrong place. He comes over all the time, and he definitely knows where I live. So, that's my one weird thing that happened to me in my life, and my one experience with parallel universes or matrix glitches or whatever. I lived one night and left a specific message, but for some reason the wires of reality got crossed, and I was stuck in one reality while they were in a completely different one. I have no logical explanation for this, and if anyone does have any ideas, I would appreciate it. Beyond that, it was just really freaky. 
I have a really weird glitch that happened to myself and my husband about six or so months ago. It's not a huge story or anything like that, but it's one of those weird things that really makes you pause and think about the possibility of our reality being a simulation. So, back in December, my husband and I were invited to a small get-together at a friend's house. This was something we used to do annually around the middle of December, but thanks to COVID, we had all decided to go ahead and just not do it, at least until we were sure that we were all safe. Unfortunately, I have a medical condition that requires me to take a specific medication that is actually an immunosuppressant. Thanks to that, I have to be super careful in public right now, and these last two years have been absolutely insane. I have managed, but it isn't easy. Anyways, this year's get-together was supposed to be a big one, since we've had to cancel for a few years. By big, I don't mean a ton of people. I just mean that it was super important for everyone involved, and we were all looking forward to it. We all started the planning in November, and decided that we would drive out on the 17th of December, and stay there until the 19th. Then we would head home. On the night of the 15th, my husband and I were actually talking about the whole thing, and he randomly asked me if I was certain that I was comfortable with still going to the party, since it was going to be a decent number of people, around 8 or 9, including us. I said it was fine, that I trusted my friends, and that I knew we had all taken the proper actions to minimize the risks. Plus, it wasn't a huge gathering. Sure, nine people is a good amount, but it wasn't something crazy. He said all right, and then we went to bed. That night, I had a really weird dream. Sure enough, it was about the party. In the dream, I remember that my husband and I were at said party, and everyone else was there, but nobody was talking to each other. Like, the food was prepared, everyone had their plates, and everyone was sitting at a table, but there was no motion whatsoever. Everyone there was just sitting at the table completely still. Then my friend Serena stood up at the end of the table, and looked at me with a dead serious look and said, Michelle, you shouldn't be here. This is a dangerous place for you. I remember those exact words being said. She said I was not supposed to be there and that it was dangerous. And I remember that it was Serena specifically saying it. Now, it may sound incredibly stupid, but something about this dream caused me a huge amount of distress and I think my husband could tell that something was wrong the next morning. He asked me if I was okay, and I told him that I had had a weird dream about the party, and that, because of the dream, I was second-guessing whether or not we should go. Again, I know it sounds dumb, but I think I was looking to him for some kind of reassurance. However, he said something that completely blew me away. He looked me straight in the face and asked me, Did Serena tell you that we shouldn't be there? I swear I could feel my face go pale 
I started to feel dizzy. I asked him how the hell he knew that. And then, he told me that he had a dream similar to that a couple of nights ago, and that's why he was so pushy about asking me if I was still okay with going. The dream he described was pretty much the same as mine. People were there, there was food, but there was nothing going on at the party at all. It was just still. Then, Serena said that we shouldn't be there. It was the freakiest thing to have someone else tell me my dream almost exactly, and I had no idea what to say. After talking through it a bit more, he said that it was pretty clear that we were both still pretty nervous, so we should maybe sit this one out and just go next year, just to be absolutely sure that we're safe. I agreed with him, completely. No matter how dumb it felt to follow advice from a dumb dream, part of me felt that the fact that we both had it was important. We inform our friends, and they're upset, but they understand. We didn't tell them about the dream, obviously, but we told them that we were going to sit this one out and came up with some BS reason about me not feeling well and not wanting to get everyone else sick. Well, about a week after the whole party happened, I got a call from who else but Serena. I answer and say hey, and she responds sounding like absolute hell. She hardly had a voice, was coughing, and just sounded completely lethargic. She mentioned to me that she was glad I didn't come to the party, because, apparently, her dad had given her COVID and she didn't know she had it until about a day or so after everyone had gotten together. She mentioned that, the day of the party, she had been feeling a bit weird, but it didn't seem too serious. And then, two days later, she was feeling like she was dying. At the end of it all, all but one of them ended up being sick with it. They all got through it, of course, but... The fact that it basically became a mini-super-spreader event tells me that, had we gone, I would have caught it, and it would not have been good. I don't know if this dream we had was some sort of weird premonition, but the fact that we both had pretty much the same dream, and we both called out Serena as being the person in the dream telling me not to be there, when she was the one that most likely spread it to the group... That, honestly, makes me think it was something supernatural. Regardless, ever since this, I've been a pretty firm believer that things out there aren't always what they seem. And that reality is a bit... weird. Okay, so... To get this story rolling, we need a little but also brief context. At my house, I have a garage. In said garage, I have a shop. And in said shop, I have tools, materials, and I make stuff. Stuff being anything out of wood and metal. Mostly wood, but yes, some metal. Anyways, I have been for about two months now been working on this sword. It's a three-foot katana-esque sword. It's gotten to the point where I'm about to make and apply the handle to the sword. 
one of the last steps. Every time I get through working on a project for that day, I leave it in the same spot, right in front of where I sit, like everyone else who works on stuff does. So, tell me why I step into my shop tonight, and there's no sword. I cannot find this thing anywhere. I've looked and looked and wouldn't have moved it because it isn't done. I'm still working on it, so why would I move it? I'm really confused and puzzled as to what happened to it. Anyway, that's my short and absolutely confusing glitch story. This popped up in my memories on Facebook yesterday. In June of 2017, I had dreams for four or five days in a row, where each one I would hear or see, warning, error 424. And then, I would wake up at exactly 4.24am. I can remember portions of two of them. The first, I was in a hallway when an alarm sounded, and then a voice repeated, warning, error 424. I woke like you do from a very scary nightmare, heart racing and just scared. I looked over to the alarm clock, one of those old ones with the red digital numbers, where if an alarm is set, it either beeps annoyingly or plays a radio station. The time was 424. The second one I remember, I was again in a hallway standing by a black door. There was a panel next to it with a digital display. It started flashing, error 424. Again, I woke up as if from a nightmare. I glanced at the clock and again, 4.24am. While I can't remember the other dreams now, I do know that it happened multiple times. Was this a glitch in the Matrix, or a coincidence? In 2019, my girlfriend and I were in our room talking and coloring, and there was two doors for our room, one leading to the living room, and the other was to her three-year-old grandson's bedroom. It was near his bedtime, and he was in his room in bed. Then, my girl and I hear her grandson fussing and whining and a clanking noise coming from his room. We jump up, and we open his door to see what's going on. I will never forget that. He was trying to open the other door to the hallway, wiggling and pulling on the doorknob and crying. Thing is, it never had a door in the doorframe as long as we lived there. It felt 100% normal, like there was always one there. So my girlfriend is obviously pissed and yells out, she better not lock my grandson in his room. I said, no, calm down, I'll go around and unlock it. So I went around to unlock it, but when I got there, there was no door there. I've never been so confused, he was lying in his bed quietly playing with his toys. All I could say was, it's not locked, and then walked back trying to figure out what had just happened. 
we didn't say anything till later the next day when I asked her about the door. I think the way it felt so normal with the door there and then not there, different realities crossed for a few minutes. So, I don't know if this would be classified as supernatural or a glitch in the Matrix, but ever since I was young, I would be able to see the future. Now, something to keep in mind is that my entire family is very spiritual, so this stuff has always just been normal to us, and my mother's lack of a reaction is pretty normal. Anyway... The few distinct instances of seeing the future that I have were all when I was fairly young. One instance, when my mother and I went to the first Hungry Jack's, the Australian Burger King, to open within 30 minutes of our home. I had never been there before, nor had I ever seen a Hungry Jack's before, because we live in the middle of literally nowhere. So... A week before we went to said Hungry Jack's, I had a dream about entering a restaurant with neon light strips along the roof and a neon jukebox in the corner. I saw the toilet to the left of the entrance and the play area to the right. Didn't really think much of it, because at like eight years old, you have weird dreams. Then, a week later, we went to the restaurant and it was exactly like it was in my dream, even down to the music playing on the jukebox that I had never heard before said dream. I had the weird sense of deja vu, and I remember telling my mom that we had already done this before. Of course, she wasn't weirded out, and just told me that it was normal to have deja vu dreams. I have them pretty infrequently since that point in time, but I still have no idea what the cause is, whether it be spiritual or a glitch in the Matrix. This happened in 2013. I was a graphic designer for a small, minority-oriented newspaper in a country that is not the United States. My job specifications included editing photos for print, which is a little tricky since newspaper is like teepee, as it absorbs ink like nothing you've ever seen, so the photos need to be lightened quite a bit. But getting them too light, or not light enough, might turn political, since, for example, if you get the editing wrong and a presidential candidate ends up looking lighter or darker than in real life, then, yeah, the opposition parties claim said candidate is attempting to appear more appealing to a specific demographic, thereby garnering more votes. This has happened. But I digress. So, I log into our company server and start editing photos that are linked to stories which arrive from the editorial staff during the course of the day. And, among them, is a picture of a radiant Kate Middleton and a proud Prince William holding their firstborn, Prince George. 
a.k.a. His Royal Highness Prince George of Cambridge. Suddenly, I'm hit with a sense of wrongness. I'm staring at this photo and all I can think of is... Wait, there's only one? Because I'm so certain that they actually had twins. A pigeon pair. I specifically recalled tabloids and magazines speculating that the twin they claimed was born first was actually the girl and not the boy, as decreed by Buckingham Palace. This confused the heck out of me, as in I had, and still have, this urge where I'd previously edited or should be editing an image of Kate and William each holding a newborn for the paparazzi. The babies were, or I guess should have been, held by their parents so that their little feet were pointing toward each other. They were dressed identically, and they were both blissfully asleep while the royal couple looked at each other with love and adoration. I asked the journalist writing the story to come over, and I asked her if she's sure that this was an approved picture and not a fake. She looks at me as if I were on drugs, and stated that this image was provided by an internationally accredited source that rhymes with uh, schmuters. Nobody at the newspaper had any knowledge of twins ever being born. I tried digging into this a few times since then, but I came up empty-handed every time. Nothing. Absolutely nothing about a set of British royal twins for around 600 years. So there's that. I still think about that day, and it kind of feels like my brain took a memory, duplicated it, and then threw it through a blender. And I haven't publicly spoken about it for eight years now. It's either a crafty glitch in the Matrix, or a Mandela effect. I'm not sure. It's just that I'm almost certain that there should have been a boy and a girl. Hey everyone, I had no idea that this thread existed, and I'm so glad that I found it, because now I have a story that maybe someone out there could relate to, and convince me that I'm not insane. So, a few years ago, I was traveling out of country to visit my dad, and we decided to go on a tour to visit this cave in his hometown. This place is absolutely ginormous, but... For some reason, we were the only people there that day. So, we get our wristbands, and my dad reads 848. He starts laughing and just says, That was a close one. I look at him confused, and he tells me how once his father passed, before I was born, he began to see his dad's address number, 849, everywhere that he went. The lady gives me the wristband, and we look down to see 849. Just a coincidence, right? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Until we sit down to wait till the tour was going to start, and my dad begins breaking into a sweat, and begins panicking, losing his breath. He tells me he thinks he's going to throw up or defecate his pants. So, naturally... We run to the bathroom, 
where, when we got there, he turns to look at me to tell me that he'll be right back, and I step back in absolute confusion on my face. My dad's eyes had drastically changed in color. His eyes are a dark brown, and his eyes suddenly mirrored a light blue-green color. At that moment, my heart dropped to my stomach, and I knew that the person in front of me was not my father. I began to shake, backing away from him, confused as hell. He was frightened by the look I gave him and began to ask me what was wrong, why I'm moving away from him as he tried to get closer to me. I told him that it wasn't him. I wasn't looking at my dad, I was looking at someone else. I began crying and he claims that he ran inside the bathroom, splashed his face with cold water, and when he looked in the mirror to see himself, he saw his dad's reflection looking at him. He runs out to me just crying, saying, It's him. My dad, it's him. It was so trippy because what are you supposed to do in that situation? All we did was cry and hug each other, I never felt such a warm and safe presence. It was ever-glowing. Even if my grandfather didn't actually go through my dad that day, I know he was at least there to watch us share a really insane moment. I know a lot of people don't believe in repeating numbers, but for the ones that do, I see 849 whenever I'm going through some large chapter in my life. Moving houses getting out of a really hard relationship, meeting my partner, etc. I like to think that it's him just letting me know he's there. I'd love to know if this has ever happened to anyone else. My dad and I still talk about it to this day, and we always wonder if it was actually him that day. So, I have a super simple and incredibly mundane glitch, but I feel like I absolutely have to share it for a reason that some of you may find funny. You did a story a while back about someone that went to bed with a messy apartment, and then they woke up to it being spotless. And then there were several commenters that made jokes about how they needed their own quote-unquote cleaning fairies from the Matrix. Well... I think I had a visit by those cleaning fairies, because I experienced damn near the same thing, and it's actually kind of terrifying. First off, the obvious. I'm a guy in my mid-twenties with really bad ADHD. Like, medically diagnosed ADHD by doctors that pretty much told me that everything was hopeless, and that I wouldn't amount to much because I couldn't hold a thought for more than four minutes. I have my own apartment in a small college town, and I live by myself. The only person that has a key to my apartment is my brother, and he lives around 25 minutes away. And he's never shown up unannounced, nor has he ever shown up in the middle of the night. Being a mid-twenties dude with an attention deficit... I do have struggles with keeping my place clean. I mean, I keep it picked up for the most part, 
I keep the dishes done, my food isn't all over the place, and I keep the floor mostly cleaned up. There is, however, one room where my brain seems to go into a panic attack when I try to do any sort of organization to it, and that is my bathroom. I have a fairly small bathroom in my apartment. It's just the toilet, a sink with a mirror on it across from said toilet, and then the tub. I also have one of those over-the-toilet shelves where I keep all the extra paper and stuff, and I have all my things on the sink. When I say things, I mean face wash, soaps, razors, combs, brushes, cotton swabs. A lot of just various bathroom things are all sitting on my sink. And it is a disaster. When I try to organize it, though, I feel like the room is spinning. And for some reason, I freak out. So, I pretty much have just left it like it was and have lived with it being a disaster. Well, about a week or so ago, I was doing my normal routine of picking things up and putting them away when I told myself that I was going to organize my bathroom. I literally stood in the doorway and psyched myself up to do it, which sounds incredibly dumb now that I've written it out. Then, I walked in and started to move things, but I couldn't do it. I ended up stopping because my dad had texted me, and I never went back to finish organizing the sink. I think I took my dad sending me that text as the universe saying, Hey, you can just finish it later. So, I shouted back, Ha ha, I'm not going to do it at all. Well... I think the universe then laughed back at my face, because when I woke up the next morning, my sink was seemingly organized. There was no clutter, or things stacked on top of each other. My toothbrush and razor were appropriately put away, and the soaps were all where they should have been. Basically, it had been organized and situated in a way that it should have been, in a way that I would have organized it. The problem is, I didn't do it, and I have no idea why or how someone would come into my apartment to clean up my bathroom for me and then leave without stealing anything. I don't remember doing it, and I've never experienced an event where I followed through with something all the way and then just forgot about it. I wasn't cleaning it while I was talking with my dad, because I called him after he texted me, and I was sitting out on the back patio smoking while we chatted. I don't believe that I sleep-cleaned it, but I guess that is one possibility. So, to those that were looking for a visit from the Matrix's cleaning fairies, just know that apparently they can visit you all as well. Just don't be surprised if they do it, and you freak out because you don't know how it all happened. So, this is something that happened a few years ago, and I would absolutely love to get some answers about it. I'm open to any explanation because I haven't been able to come up with any solid ones. Back in 2018, I noticed a scar on my finger that hadn't been there before. It was a clear, distinct slash, 
probably about three quarters of an inch right across the palm side of my middle knuckle. It was pale and silvery, like it had been there at least a couple of years. And when I ran my fingernail across it, I could feel a small ridge of scar tissue underlying it, like I would have if it had originally been a somewhat deep cut. When I first noticed it, I was baffled. I didn't remember any scar in that location, and I didn't remember any sort of injury that could have left it. But I can also admit that I scar pretty easily, and I don't have the greatest memory. If it was just a scar that I didn't remember getting, I'd be willing enough to just accept it as a glitch in my own brain and nothing else. The thing is, that scar was absolutely not there a couple days earlier, and I can prove it. I make jewelry as a hobby, and just three days before, I had sent pictures of my hand holding a pendant that I was working on to one of my friends, and there's very plainly no scar on my finger in these photos. It's been four years now, and I still have the scar. I think it's faded a little, but it's still visible and hasn't really changed in shape or size. I shared the photos and the stories with my mom and a couple friends at the time, and none of them had any answers either. Even ignoring the photos, it's clear enough and in a location that I just don't see how I could have gotten an injury like this and forgotten about it. It looks like it would have probably been bloody, painful, and been aggravating to deal with while it healed. I've found nicks and bruises that I don't remember getting before, but nothing like this. The only explanation that I've ever come up with is that I was doing some wood burning at the time, and I guess I could have theoretically burned myself and missed it. I tried wrapping my hand around the wood burner, turned off, and the circumference of the scar could, maybe line up with the edge of the round metal part of the top beneath the plastic handle, if the angle was right. But that still doesn't make sense to me. First of all, it's my left hand and I'm right-handed. Second of all, I would have had to have wrapped my finger around the metal part while it was on, and I couldn't come up with a scenario or position that would have caused me to do that. Especially since I've been using that burner for years, and managed to not do anything that stupid before. Third of all, I have burnt myself with that wood burner before, including the top round portion, and it's instantly and very noticeably painful. I can't imagine myself getting a burn this large and just not noticing it. It's not like it's hot enough to instantly result in nerve damage. Finally, There was never any redness, pain, or blistering. I've poked and prodded at it, moved my finger around, and it's never felt any different than any normal, years-old scar. To this day, it's just a total mystery that's baffled me ever since, and I would love to get an answer. Does anyone have any explanations? Has anyone else had something like this happen? So, this is the biggest glitch that happened to me, and is one of the defining events of my life. 
when I was 14, I started trying meditation, and I found myself experiencing what seemed like snippets from other lives. I dismissed them at first, but they really started coming more into focus after a specific moment. I'm a a big Nine Inch Nails fan, and I had just purchased their album, With Teeth, which deals with the subject of reality and how do we know when something is real or not. The last track, Right Where It Belongs, was the moment that I realized nothing in my life had ever seemed truly real, and these strange snippets that I had been seeing felt more real than the life I had been living. After that point, things really came to a head. I started seeing the world around me blurring. You know how when you'd watch a DVD and it would skip or glitch out, you would sometimes see a few pixels of the previous scene remain on the screen after the scene had changed? Reality started doing that to me. I thought I was going crazy. The more I meditated, the more I would see things from this other life that I'd had, where I was married, where I grew old with this man that I loved deeply, who I knew better than anyone I had ever known. At this point, at age 14, I had never fallen in love, and I had no idea about these experiences that I'd seemingly remembered. But, all of a sudden, I knew what love felt like. I knew this man, his face, his quirks, the feeling of sleeping beside him and the heartbreak when he passed away before me. Things continued to escalate. I started seeing someone appearing to me. It looked like my husband from this other life, but according to this being, he was the part of me that was connected to God. He would have full conversations with me, answer questions that I asked, and also make weird prophecies about my life. One thing he told me was that people with red hair will be important. I'm 29 now, and the father of my child and my daughter both have red hair. These encounters with this being happened every day until Christmas Eve. On that day, a door appeared in my room. It was white, slightly ajar, and it emitted a blue and purple light. The being that I'd been conversing with appeared me and told me, this is the door home. You know how to go through it, and you can go at any time. He then told me that this was the last time that I would see him as he was leaving, but I would see him again one day. He then went through the door, closed it behind him, and it disappeared. After that, All the glitches and visions of my past life stopped. I've tried to contact this entity again, but never managed to. I don't know what any of that meant, but I swear that it was all real. Since then, I've always been looking for answers, but I've never gotten them. Just last year, my partner mentioned to me that he used to have weird visions as a child, and one of the things he saw was a door that matched the description of the one I had seen when I was 14. He also mentioned some other very specific things that tied in with my conversations with this entity, like key words and details too difficult to get into here. We have no idea what it could mean, 
but it's reinvigorated me to look for answers. I'm hoping if anyone has had similar experiences, they might get in touch with me, and maybe we could compare notes. Maybe we could find some answers. I have what I consider to be the dumbest glitch in the world, and it's also one of the most annoying things that I have ever had to deal with, because it forced me to completely rearrange parts of my room. I live in the basement at my grandparents' house, and please don't judge me for that. I'm a 24-year-old guy that's really gotten down on his luck during the whole pandemic. I do have a girlfriend, and we are planning on getting a place of our own, but 2020 messed up a lot of things for a lot of people, including myself, and the place I was working for actually ended up having to shut down for various reasons during COVID. I'm actually beyond grateful that my grandparents decided that they didn't mind me moving into the basement for a few years while I tried to get things back in order, and they are starting to look up, so... That's good, but not really relevant. Anyways, I live in the basement, and my room is situated as such. There is a door at the bottom of the stairs that opens inward, and in front of that is the closet. To the right is a concrete wall, and in the left corner by the wall where the door is, I have my bed, and my TV is on the opposite side. I also have a nightstand that is between the foot of my bed and the wall where the door is. That's where I typically plug in my phone charger, because it's one of the only outlets that's easily accessible. There's about a four-inch gap between the end of my nightstand and the edge of that wall, and that's where the outlet is. So, I can plug it in, and it's not a problem. Well, that is until a few weeks ago. My grandparents and I went out to have brunch which is something they like to do, and they will sometimes invite me along. It was a nice time, but while we were there, I noticed that my phone was almost dead. I must have made a face because my grandpa asked me if everything was alright, and I just said, yeah, my phone just didn't charge overnight for some reason. He laughed, and then made a joke about me forgetting to plug it in, and I said that I must have just unplugged the charger from the wall and not realized it. Then, we moved on from there. When we got home, I immediately went downstairs to plug my phone in. I grabbed my charger off of my dresser, and went to plug it into the outlet by the nightstand. When I noticed, there was no outlet there. I was beyond confused. I was literally just standing there on my knees and staring at a wall where there used to be an outlet. And there was no outlet. I always plugged my phone into this spot on the wall. I know this because it was in a perfect location for me to do so. And then, I would put the phone on the nightstand and that was that. But now there's no outlet at all. I started looking around at the wall around where the outlet used to be, and there's now an outlet on the other side in the corner that is blocked by my nightstand. 
there was literally no way for me to plug my phone in there and have the nightstand where it is. The plug wouldn't even fit in the gap that's there, and if it did, it would bend the hell out of the cable. I know it's dumb, like I said, but it's the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me. This outlet literally shifted spots on my wall on a random Sunday. Because of this, I ended up having to completely rearrange how I had my room set up, so that I could better utilize the plugs. I did ask my grandparents, but they both said that they couldn't remember the outlet layout of my room, so they were no help. Either way, that was my glitch. It was just a random day where an outlet decided it wanted to hide in the corner instead of where it once was, and then forced me to move everything so I could use it. It was incredibly annoying, but I guess it just is what it is. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode, but until then, sleep well.